welcome to Your Skin Therapist. This is a podcast platform developed out of the compassion to help, educate, and inform anyone dealing with skin-related ailments or concerns, ranging from acne to aging and beyond. This was born from a long-term pursuit of answering questions often unanswered or problems overlooked. My name is Emily. I'm a licensed esthetician. I've been working with clients for nearly 10 years, and I'm really passionate about helping people figure out the solutions to why their skin behaves the way that it does. I'm very science-based. I want to know the who, what, and why, and I try to give you as many of the answers as I can. I really believe that there's a level of compassion and understanding that I have that maybe other people don't have when it comes to skincare concerns. I believe that everybody can have good skin and I want to help everybody achieve that. I really hope to find a balance with the compassion and the science that I believe needs to be present when it comes to treating clients in the esthetician treatment room. Believe that there's a good balance between being a little bit of a sleuth or a detective and also being understanding of the different financial means that somebody has in order to attain healthy skin. I try to have a really good balance of understanding just everything, how multifaceted skincare can be, and especially how stressful having certain ailments can be on a person. Young people, older people, pregnant women. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, so that's a little bit about me and the podcast. I'm really excited to get things started. I have a few episodes recorded already, and I'm really excited for everybody to hear them. If you would like to reach out and ask a question and have it answered on the podcast or have it develop into a subject that I talk about on the podcast, I would absolutely love that can go to yourskintherapist.com and you can email me and I will answer your email. I will help you as much as I possibly can. Uh, But then also I think that it's always great if I can take a subject of a question from a listener and give it to everybody else. So that's my goal for the podcast and I hope you find a lot of value in it. I'm really excited to spread my knowledge and my love and compassion and all things skincare. So Welcome everyone, whether you're um, somebody that suffers from any kind of skin ailment or you know somebody that does or you're an esthetician like myself. Hello and thank you for listening. All right, welcome back. So today we're going to start like most of the podcasts do and that's with a couple of vocabulary words to ensure that when I use these terms that we're all on the same page. But the first vocab word today is an alpha hydroxy acid or AHA. I personally recommend lactic acid in regards to milia. Alpha hydroxy acids are certain acids that work on a pretty interesting mechanism. They kind of soften hardened skin. The mechanism is that it almost dissolves the intercellular matrix of the cells. These are the cells that are located in the stratum corneum layer. Stratum corneum is the top or outermost layer of the epidermis. So it's a layer that we see, basically. It's made up of essentially dead skin cells. They have no organelles and no longer have a mitochondria or or nucleus. So basically, stratum corneum is kind of the rough or the scaly layer, if if you want to call it that. 
but they're all glued together in a way through keratin cells turn into completely keratinized cells as they die and before we exfoliate them. And they're held together because the top layer is, of course, a waterproof barrier. Uh, that's what our skin is. And so alpha hydroxy acids work to kind of loosen the in-between spaces between the different cells of the very, very top layer of the skin. And that helps them exfoliate easier. And uh, I'll go into greater detail about what exfoliation has to do with milia in a minute. The other vocabulary word is urea. Urea also softens hardened skin. It aids in exfoliation in that way. It can be a tiny bit irritating, uh, depending on the person. It's never personally irritated my skin, but I do know that I've had a couple clients that's been a little bit irritating uh, too. So urea is another product that I recommend and I'll talk about later. Um, and it works on a similar mechanism that AHAs work on, and that's that it involves helping dissolve or kind of melt a little bit of the intercellular matrix of the uh, between the cells that are that are on the upper or top layer of the skin of the epidermis. So both work similarly, but not exactly. So that's why uh, those are the two main vocab words because those are what I'll recommend for you. Uh, to use, not at the same time. In most cases, you use one and then the other, depending on how your skin reacts to it. But anyway, those are our two vocabulary words for the day. So moving forward, I know in the intro I mentioned that milia are little white bumps. Oftentimes they're seen on babies, which if you have a baby, this podcast is not have anything to do with them. Milia go away naturally with babies. So this is not, do not use AHA or urea on your babies unless the pediatrician implicitly says to do so. This is for adults. So that caveat aside, uh, milia are super common on babies, but they're, they're really common on uh, people of all ages. I am prone to them. So this is something that's very near and dear to my heart because they're annoying as all get out. There is some hypothesis that they are hereditary. You know, if your mother tends to have them, then there's a, a likelihood that you could have them or your father or, or so on and so forth. But I've seen that a lot of environmental things cause milia. So it just really depends. It's like most stuff. It, it depends. That's basically the constant answer. But um, I really believe that milia are indicative of some type of exfoliation issue in the person. So a lot of people that have milia, or at least a lot of my clients or my patients that I see, um, I use that word interchangeably, sorry. <laughs> a lot of the, my clients, I notice if they have KP, which is bumpy chicken skin, basically, will also have milia or be prone to milia. This is very interesting to me. Sometimes there's the trifecta. Somebody will have keratosis polaris or KP, uh, the bumpy chicken skin. They will also have million. They will also have acne. To me, from what I've seen, anecdotally from my, my um, professional experience, I believe that all of these then mean that you probably have a problem with proper exfoliation. So if I see all three of these things in a person or in a, in a client, sometimes I will advise them to take a multivitamin. 
because what we don't realize is that certain macro micronutrients really do help with uh, processes of the skin. So uh, just like if you take niacin, it'll make your skin flush. I mean, everything really is a, it's an entire package. Your body isn't, doesn't really work on, um, you know, all the individual systems work together in unison. So there has been some research that has shown that vitamin A has a role in exfoliation, which is why vitamin A and collagen are linked, which is why sometimes taking a multivitamin that has the, the adequate or the proper amount of vitamin A can help sometimes with certain exfoliation issues. I do not recommend taking vitamin A as a standalone supplement because it's very caustic and can be harmful. Uh, so don't do that. Take a multivitamin, talk with your doctor, but a multivitamin only has a certain amount of vitamin A allowed into it from the RDA, so it's, it's fairly safe. So I do recommend that to start off with because of the exfoliation issues. But it's very interesting to me that a lot of people will say don't use uh, certain products or use natural products and, and this, that, and the other. One of the things I found in my clients that a lot of people don't realize is the use of zinc or titanium dioxide for sunscreens. I haven't quite figured out if it's the zinc and the titanium dioxide or the fact that you have to use different waxes and emollients to make titanium dioxide and zinc oxide, which are powders in their natural or in their normal form. Uh, in order to make them spreadable, we have to use certain oils and waxes and other things to make them uh, be able to be applied to the skin. So it's either those or the zinc and the titanium oxide themselves that are making the skin have these millions, but I have seen it fairly commonly. So if that is the case, if you notice that you never had milia before you've started using a, a particular natural sunscreen, I would recommend changing to a chemical-based sunscreen. I know there's a lot of people that don't believe in the chemical-based sunscreens, uh, but in terms of having skin that's prone to acne, and um, other exfoliation issues like milia, you really can't be in a chemical uh, sunscreen. And sometimes you can use one that has a little bit of chemical sunscreen and a little bit of zinc oxide or titanium dioxide in, the, uh, in it, you know, combo. A lot of foundations have, have the combination of the chemical and the physical sunscreens. And sometimes those will be okay. But we really have to look at, at the ingredients in our sunscreens because that's our base layer of makeup. Uh, next to our moisturizer. Uh, the other thing is, is that a lot of natural products are blended with oils and not all oils are created equal. There are a lot of oils that are not good for your skin that are actually, you know, they will clog your pores or they do not absorb. You have to remember that we have, our skin is a barrier and we do have a lipid barrier on our skin naturally. So that means that a certain type of oil is present and that certain oils do not go together. And we also, it's funny because a lot of products will have oil in them. And because it's oil-based and, you know, in quotations, natural, we think that it's going to be fine for our skin. And that's not the case. Uh, and likewise, the opposite of that is that oil-free doesn't necessarily mean better. Some oils are good for our skin. You just have to find the right oil and everybody's different. And people that are prone to certain skin conditions, certain oils are definitely not recommended. So olive oil is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, try not to use products that have olive oil in them. It's great for your insides. It's not good for your skin. <laughs> so moving forward, um, 
So check the heavy products that you're using on your skin, including your moisturizer and your sunscreen, especially if it's a natural sunscreen. You can check the moisturizer that you use. Sometimes things have mineral oil can be clogging to the pores, depending on the person. Um, again, it goes back to exfoliation. So if you are using products that have certain types of oils that are considered occlusive oils, so that would be anything that has like a petroleum jelly or petroleum-based product, or like a, um, I don't know how many people still use it. I'll use it occasionally. It's the same stuff that my, my grandmother used to remove makeup, like a Jergens oil cream. If you do use those, try to exfoliate regularly. So that brings us to exfoliation. So if you do have milia, you need to try to exfoliate. There's two different types of exfoliation. There's manual exfoliation, which is the physical act of exfoliation, and there's chemical exfoliation, which we'll go into later. Manually uh, exfoliating, you can use different products. Do not, please, use over-the-counter um, apricot scrub and things like that. Those are the little pieces that actually do the exfoliating are not um, smooth. So you can actually like scratch yourself, create little tiny micro tears in your in your skin from being too aggressive and also from using something that has a jagged edge, even if you can't see it. And even if your fingers feel like it's uh, not sharp, it, it can be. So be really careful about what you use uh, for manual exfoliation and just be gentle. Be more gentle than you think you need to be, especially in the eye area, because I know that most um, milia on people are found in the eye area. So, if you don't want to do manual exfoliation, or if you do that once a week, at the very most, you don't need to exfoliate any more than that, you can move on to chemical exfoliation. So chemical exfoliation comes back to the two vocabulary terms that I went over at the beginning of the episode. One is AHA, which is alpha hydroxy acid, and the other is urea. I'll go over alpha hydroxy acid first. Like I said, the one that I recommend the most is lactic acid, but glycolic acid is also an AHA, as is salicylic acid. Uh, I do recommend lactic because it's fairly gentle and it's also safe for different populations. So glycolic acid and salicylic acid are not recommended for women that are pregnant. Lactic acid seems to be fairly benign. So for the AHA, there's a couple of products that you can use. You can use one that's called Amlactin. It's a great product. You can use it on your arms or legs, and you can use it on your face as well because it's, it's gentle. It's not a super high concentration of lactic acid. I do not recommend you go for certain percentages at first. I always recommend using the smallest, you know, the lowest dose possible or the smallest amount for the biggest bang is, is definitely my... Um, hallmark of what I prescribe for people because it's if you try the smallest amount and it works then you're great and you have so much more wiggle room um it's kind of like eating you know if you really want to lose weight and you only cut you know a tiny bit of um food out and you start to lose weight then it's way better than you know cutting 500 calories or something ridiculous uh right at the at the beginning because um smallest amount means that you're being really conservative and conservative is 
is better when it comes to skincare, especially when you're using compounds. No matter what you're using or what you're doing, it's chemistry. And you really want to be as gentle on your skin as possible because then you're going to be safer and it's, it's going to be a lot better for you in the long run. So Amlac, Amlactin is a, is a good lotion to use. Um, start off once or twice a week using that and see how it works. On the other side of that, you could use urea instead. It just depends. I've seen them both work equal amounts. So it really depends on what works for your skin. Occasionally, if you use a lactic acid or any kind of alpha hydroxy acid on skin that is prone to breakouts, it's going to irritate the follicle and it can cause breakouts. So if you use something like lactic acid and you're like me, you're prone to breakouts, you also have to use your regular acne medication on top of that because your skin will be beautiful when you use it consistently. But for the first couple of weeks, it kind of throws things off a little bit because you're exfoliating. And exfoliation on acne-prone skin, even if your skin is clear at the time, it can be a little bit jarring to the follicle which I think has a lot more to do with acne than other people do. So it can cause breakouts. So you really want to be careful with it. If you only have milia along your cheeks and your eye and under your eyes, then I think it's fine to, to use it and go on daily life. It's, you know, it'll be fairly straightforward and you won't have any kind of problems with your acne. But if you use it on your whole face, then you just definitely need to be careful because it can cause temporary breakouts. So if you go the urea route, which... On average, I'd say 5% is where you start. I've seen some creams that have a crazy high amount of urea in them. And I've seen success with my clients using 5%. So the urea works in the same-ish, similar mechanism to alpha hydroxy acids. The difference with the two is that a lot of times alpha hydroxy acid will work on skin that is very heavily oiled and more resistant to things than urea will. But it just depends. Everybody's skin when it comes to exfoliation is very, very different. Some people glycolic acid works wonders for them. Other people, it is highly um, irritating. So just be very careful. So if you use the lactic acid, don't use the urea. If you use the urea, um, wait and see if it works. And then if it doesn't, then you can switch over. But so the 5% urea cream uh, really helps to soften the skin and it helps because those little milia are just trapped underneath the skin so if you loosen those little pockets of skin that's covered over the milia which is basically the inside the milia the little pearl part is what it's called is basically just a collection of dead skin cells and matter you know skin matter and, and things like that so it's not anything there's no infection in there there's nothing that's it's harmful, but a lot of times if you use the urea or the alpha hydroxy acid regularly, all of a sudden one day you'll wake up and they're gone or they're completely flattened. Uh, so the loosening of that intercellular matrix really allows the little pearl to be dislodged and to come out and to break apart. So that's basically the mechanism of, of what to do um, or how the urea and everything works. So if you are using urea or the lactic acid, be really careful of your skin. Alpha hydroxy acids in particular really cause photosensitivity, which means that you're going to be sensitive to the sun. So make sure that you're still using your sunscreen, still wearing a hat, still wearing sunglasses, all that stuff. 
This is all, of course, the pre-work that I believe really cuts down on you needing to go to the doctor. If you need to go to the dermatologist, go to the dermatologist. Uh, as an esthetician, I know there's plenty of qualified estheticians out there that could do a good job and lance the milia, but under our guidelines, at least in the state that I live in, we are not allowed to cut through a certain layer of the epidermis, which sometimes it's a gray area. The milia will be underneath the layer that we're not supposed to penetrate. So my opinion is you probably should go to a dermatologist who can do the lancing and then his or her esthetician will handle the extraction of them and make sure that you don't get any scars or, or anything like that. Um, make sure that it's a good dermatologist as a recommendation from somebody. Make sure that you go in there knowing that that's what you think that they are. Knowledge is really powerful. So you, if you go in with a game plan, you're more likely to get you know, out what, you, what you'd like. When it comes to the exfoliation, I did recommend the manual exfoliation. You can do manual exfoliation with the urea, but like I said, do not do it more than once a week, especially in conjunction with using either urea or the lactic acid. When it comes to the manual exfoliation, off the top of my head, the product that I like the most is called the Daily Microfoliant. It's a Dermalogica product. It's really neat. You can use it in your palm or you can get a little brush from them and it turns into like a foam like a really, really rich lather, but then when you put it on, you can feel the little particles, but they break apart. It has some enzymes that also help with the exfoliation, but it's super mild. It's called a daily microfoliant because they believe that you can use it more than once a week. It's, it's a great, great product. So I apologize if you can hear the noise in the background. My dog is stretching and the nails are making noise. So anyway, that's, uh, that's my recommendations for Milia. Fairly straightforward, uh, little buggers that really are the bane of a lot of people's existence, but they are fairly simple to treat. If you have any milia that are really close to your lash line, be very, very cautious when you're applying any kind of lotion or topical product or exfoliating. If it's in your lash line, I would venture going to a dermatologist and getting a recommendation for an eye doctor or even have a, a just go straight to your eye doctor and have them take a look at it. But I think in general, you can really solve the problem of milia on your own at home. And, uh, you know, nobody likes the way they look. I don't like the way they look. So I'm pretty proactive about taking care of them myself. So I understand where my, my clients are coming from and, and not wanting them around. So... Anyway, if you have any questions, please send us an email. Visit our website, uh, yourskintherapist.com. Shoot us questions for our next podcast topic. I am working on an acne episode or episodes. It's going to be a big one. I'm really excited about it. Um, I have so much to say about acne that uh, I just don't feel like is being put out there in the universe right now. And... Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get it out there, but I, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please leave us a review on iTunes, and uh, please tune in again. Thanks. Bye. Bye.